0: Well, you're all very welcome here tonight. Thank you for coming. For friend of you who don't know me, my name's Joel Lockridge. I'm the pastor of the church here in Clock Mills. And we're hosting uh, three meetings this week, beginning tonight, uh, because we have a very important message that people need to hear, people in this village, in this district, and all the world. And the, the format for three meetings is just very simple, Nothing uh, fancy, nothing snazzy. We're simply going to read God's word, uh, pray briefly and ask for God's help and then listen to what God has to say to us in our world and in our culture. And all that I have to say these three nights are based on one simple verse from the very last book of the Bible, the book called Revelation. And in one of the first verses of that book, we're given three descriptions of who Jesus is. And so each night this week, we're going to take one of these descriptions and think about what this means and why this is important. People think they know about religion or Christianity or the church. But unless you know and understand about Jesus and who he is... You haven't the foggiest notion about anything to do with God or religion or Christianity. And so our goal tonight and Thursday and Friday night is to listen to what the Bible says about who Jesus is. So I'm going to read some verses from this last book of the Bible, Revelation. Just listen along and I'll pick out some important bits as we read them. <clears throat> the Revelation or message of Jesus Christ Now we have even an incentive already to to listen and pay attention. Here's a blessing for those who hear and who believe, who keep what they hear being read in this book. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, that's modern day Western Turkey, grace to you and peace. There's our great need. Grace and peace from God. So this is something important to listen to. Grace to you and peace from God. Him who is, and who was, and who is to come. From the seven spirits who are before his throne. And here's this uh, threefold description of Jesus Christ. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest as God and Father, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. A sobering warning that one day everybody will see Jesus Christ. That's why knowing about him and knowing him is so important. Even those who rejected him, who pierced him on the cross, as it were will wail on the day that they see him coming. I am the Alpha and the Omega, or the A and the Z, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's take a moment and we'll pray and ask for God's help as we listen this evening. Great God in heaven, the one who is the one who always has been, the one who always will be, the one who is coming. Thank you for revealing to us something of your will, your plan, your purpose. Thank you for giving us this message through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for speaking so clearly and so plainly about him who we all one day will see and who we all will one day Willingly or unwillingly acknowledge as the great King. Lord, we pray that tonight what we hear, what we think about about him as the faithful witness. That we would see its relevance for our lives. And that we would see just how important it is to listen to him as the faithful witness. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to ask this evening the question... Who is it that you listen to? Now, not what music do you like to listen to, not who's on your uh, iPod, but who do you listen to in life? Who directs you and who instructs you? So who do you listen to? And maybe you, you respond to that and say, well, nobody. I, I am me. I take my orders from no one. I simply decide who I am and nobody else. Or maybe you say, well, I, I just listen to my heart Well, that might be what you think, but advertisers disagree. And I think no one reads the human heart quite like uh, advertisers and uh, advertising executives. It's their job to work out what voices we're listening to, to make voices that we will listen to, and to give us messages that will change our behaviour so that we spend lots of money on their products. It's their job to know who and what we listen to. And their current method of getting us to listen to them is through what they call the social media influencer. And here's how it works. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's the same basic principle as a celebrity endorsement. If so-and-so uses this product, it must be good. Or if so-and-so uses it, well, that's an image that I, uh, I want to have. That's a vibe I want to give. Uh... Someone said, it simply uses the age-old human impulse to copy. And we all have that and they know that. And some of these uh, social media influencers are celebrities like uh, the Kardashians or uh, Caitlyn Jenner. But they're not necessarily uh, celebrities. Many of them are simply average Jews who are Instagramming, uh, vlogging, hashtagging, Pictures of uh, places and products. And the key to why they're so powerful and why companies are putting so much money into these influencers, average Jews, is that we have a rapport with them. You follow people on social media that you like. Even an interest, and in. you know their story. And so, if they come along and they recommend something, or you see them using something, that 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 has a credibility. There, there's so much more power in a personal recommendation. You know, when I'm shopping for uh, a big purchase, a car or something like that, I know nothing about cars. I speak to people that I trust. And so, social media influencing taps into that instinct that we have to copy and to listen to people that we trust and apparently the top influencers uh, with over a million followers get 10,000 per post big money in influencing people and the simple fact is like it or not, it works it worked 20 years ago long before there was social media when I bought my second ever pair of football boots uh, Nike R9s because the original and best Ronaldo wore those so I got them influenced by the celebrity endorsement and it works today in everything from uh, makeup, interior design, even cleaning. That's the big craze at the minute and it works and it works because advertisers know exactly how we're wired. All of us are influenced by something or somebody. All the decisions. We make about uh, cleaning, cooking, clothing, cosmetics, uh, holidays, hobbies, our home. They're all influenced by somebody or something. But more than that, the stories that we choose to believe about why the world is the way it is, about why our lives are the way they are, and about what we're doing and about where we're going, the stories that we choose to believe all these are shaped by an influence of some kind or another, some person or some thing. You see, we're all listening to someone or something telling us how to live, what decisions to make and what to believe about our lives, what stories govern our lives. So, So the question is not, are you influenced? The question is, who are you influenced by? Who are you listening to? Remember in my uh, fifth year biology class. Uh, sitting beside a good friend, and we got talking, and uh, just as you do about science, we were talking about the world and how it came to be here. And my friend genuinely believed that we had been put here by aliens. So I, I asked him. That was the first person I ever met. He genuinely believed. And I said "Well, why?" And he said, "Well, you know, the pyramids—they they line up." with the stars and the constellations in a way that could only be done from outer space with the help of aliens. And I asked him, well, how do you know all this? I saw a documentary about it on TV. So, this is the story that he believed about the origins of life and his life. So, who was his influencer? some unknown, some random TV director and some trashy US cable TV show. You know, to me, that all seems a little bit risky to build your whole view of the world and life and who you are and where you came from on. But that's who he was listening to. You see, we're all listening one way or another and it's shaping our decisions, it's shaping our story. So the question is, who are we listening to? Who are you listening to? Who in the world's Influencing your life, shaping your decisions, driving the stories you believe. And here's the key question. Are they true and can they be trusted? Are they true and can they be trusted? Because if they're not true and they can't be relied on, then all the decisions you make based on that are going to be wrong. And potentially even harmful. And you're going to be shaped and moulded by a story that's not even true. So that's a really important question to think about. Who am I listening to? Who is influencing me? And I think in our lives, there's several main sources that shape us and influence us. I want to think about four in particular. Our family and friends. Science. Our culture. Or we could say that... The consensus view, the majority view, and then fourthly, ourselves. Just think about each one of these influences on us and think about, are they true? And can they be trusted? Can they be relied upon? Are we wise listening to them? So first of all, friends and family. Family is hugely Influential. We're thinking about this first because I think it is the most influential uh, part of our lives. You realise that whenever uh, you become a, a new parent and you get lots of information from the midwives and the health visitors. And everything tells you the first two years of your child's life are formative. So talk to them, sing to them, play with them, touch them. These are formative. And you see it too as well, don't you, in the link between... Broken homes, broken families and crime. 70% of young offenders are from broken homes. That's not an accident or a coincidence. Family is hugely influential. And you look back at your own life and you see, don't you, that family either makes you or breaks you one way or the other. So whether you want to listen to family or not, we do. That's the fact they influence us hugely. Friends in the other hand, at least with friends, we get to choose them to some degree. And it's easier to lose them if we need to. And so we listen to friends. We're influenced by friends. And I have to say that listening to friends, being influenced by friends, being shaped by friends and family, that's all a good thing if you have good friends and good family. But even at that, there's there's two weaknesses uh, that I see with having family and friends as your main influence on in life. And the first is this, what if your family and friends are only like you? There's a big bad world out there beyond uh, the borders of North Antrim. How do you know that your family, your friends, that these people having a major influence on you, that they know all that you need to know and that they know all that is important for you. How do you know that someone in a different culture, a different time even, or a different place, that they don't have something, know something that you don't but need to? So it's it's limited by the fact that generally our friends and family are, are like us and bound by the same limitations as us. And the second thing is that that they, they're limited by all the things that we know limit them. There's nobody frustrates you like family. Isn't that true? Nobody frustrates you like family. And it's scary whenever, especially as a parent, you see your own weaknesses in your children and them almost being passed down the generations like a family secret. And so if you're only influenced by family or they're your major influence, well you're limited by all the things that Limit your family, and of course, all the hurts and all the damage that they inflict. So good as family and friends can be, I hope you see that we need something more than simply listening and being influenced to family and friends. Second major uh, influencer: first, I think about science. Maybe you say, "Well, my decisions in life, my stories." Uh, I can see that family and family relationships have inherent weaknesses but science, science deals with cold hard facts and science is measured and observable and recordable facts and so I listen to science. But two problems with this, science doesn't ...deal only in observable facts. It deals often in theories. And there's a huge difference between facts and theory. The theory of evolution... ...that tells you... ...that we are nothing more than... ...molecules or or matter that started with... ...some... ...something... ...way back at some time with a big bang... That hasn't been observed. That hasn't been measured. There are facts. And there are assumptions. And there's a theory that tries to fit these things together. But it's not necessarily cold, hard, observable facts. But also, the second problem with this is that science and scientists have been shown to be as big uh, a set of liars as the rest of us, and this is a growing problem actually. What's reported as data and facts are nothing of the sort, and results are manipulated and massaged, and frequently scientists look at a set of results and think, that those don't fit my theory. We'll just write them off one way or another. And, and you might actually have heard of an example of this. Uh, I think it was a few months ago, there was an, a story all over the front page of the newspapers about how our beloved Roundup weed killer causes uh, cancer. And so we were all frightened to use it anymore. It's since been shown that the research that was based on was pure hokum, junk. The method was flawed, To begin with, there are countless studies, study after study after study, that have failed to find any link between Roundup uh, weed killer and the the active ingredient in it and cancer. And it's not for lack of trying, because big business uh, and solicitors have a hand in this. Because if there was a link, there would be big money, like the tobacco payouts of, what was it, 50, 60, 70 years ago when we realised that uh, tobacco caused cancer. So it's not for lack of trying, but the results were massaged. There's also a story last year, just shows how how serious this is. Uh, Reputable uh, scientific research journals were tricked into publishing nonsense, hoax articles. Uh, One such... Nonsense article was a rewrite of chapter 12 of Hitler's Mein Kampf with uh, certain words taken out and buzzwords uh, thrown in to the middle of it. And it just showed it's not hard to get nonsense, sheer nonsense, published and for it to be held up as scientific fact. You see, actually, science so many base so much of their lives on because the scientists have told us this. It's open to all the same limitations, all the same failings. So is that what you want to build your life on? Something like that. Family and friends, science, the th- third influencer is our culture or consensus Or the majority view. Maybe we say, well I'll shape my views and make my decisions according to what most other people think. What everybody else is doing. What I watch on TV, what I read in the papers, what I listen to in music, what I see in the cinema. And I'll let all this, I'll let culture shape my story and I'll let it shape how I spend my money. But the problem with that is what if culture and the consensus and the majority view changes? One example, I read recently a debate on euthanasia. One writer was arguing that uh, the terminally ill should be allowed to end their life if they choose to die. And he said this view had, quote, considerable public support. And one recent poll shows that, that it has about 90% support amongst, uh, in, uh, in society. So it was argued that, well, this is the democratic thing. We should allow this terminally ill patients to end their own life if they choose. It's democratic. But what if the majority view changes? Changes to not just include the terminally ill? What if most people think, well, the mentally ill should be allowed to end their life if they wish? You know, it's a form of terminal illness, so what's the difference? (laughs) What if the majority of you changes, well those who are tired of life, they, sh- they should be allowed to opt out of life if they want. Or more sinister, what if the majority of you I think, well those who are a burden to society should be allowed to end their life. Or maybe even have their life ended because it would save society a lot of money. Or what about let's end the life of the handicapped before they're born. That would save a lot of money in in treatment and care over the, the course of their life. These aren't hypothetical things. This is the way the consensus, the culture has changed in countries like Holland and Belgium who have gone down this route. And it's not overstating it to say this is what happened in Nazi Germany. The consensus shifted. And they said, well, let's get rid of the gypsies. Let's get rid of the disabled. Let's get rid of homosexuals. Let's get rid of the Jews. And the majority of people thought that was okay. Was it okay? You can't base your decisions, you can't let your story be shaped simply by the majority view. That's where it ends up. Are you going to keep on listening to the consensus even if the consensus is wrong? The fourth influence on our lives, ourselves. a family and friends and science and culture can't be relied upon, well, I'll just rely on myself. I'll follow my heart. I'll do what I want. I'll listen to my thoughts. My, my thoughts. Well, let's just set aside for a moment the fact that that's nonsense. Um, because you cannot not be influenced by others. But let's pretend you can be truly independent and influenced only by your thoughts. Let's work that out a little bit. So if you believe there's no God, this material world, what you see, what exists, is all that there is. And all that there is is simply... Atoms or molecules moving through space and time in some way. There's nothing spiritual. There's nothing divine. There's nothing different amongst uh, anything in the world. But what then are the thoughts that are moving through your brain and your mind? What is it then that you're listening to? Uh, It's just the churning together of a chemical soup. That's that's all it is. It's utterly meaningless and of no consequence whatsoever. All your thoughts are then are just other atoms moving through space and time that are different from other atoms moving through space and time. So why would you listen to your thoughts? Why would you follow your thoughts? Why would you be influenced by your own thoughts? So who is influencing you? Who are you listening to? Think about it. That's a really important question. And how do you know that they are not restricted by all the limitations that you have as well? How do you know that they're telling the truth? How do you know that they're even right? How do you know that it's actually even meaningful at all? Surely, surely, the best influencer would be, say, hypothetically, we could find someone who wasn't limited. Someone who was true, always. Someone who gives meaning to everything else. Well, as we close, let me just draw your attention to the words that we read earlier describing Jesus Christ Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. The faithful witness. Imagine if in the Lyra McKee murder case they could find a faithful witness. Someone they could depend on, rely on to tell them exactly what happened that night and who did it. Someone they could listen to to get the facts. the, The police would listen to them. A faithful witness is valuable My friends, in Jesus Christ, the world has a faithful witness. He's not limited by time or space. He's infinite. He always has been. He always will be. And he's everywhere. So there's no no limitations on him. He's not a liar. He said of himself, I am the truth. That's not even, I am truthful or I tell the truth. I am the truth. In my very being, I am the very definition of truth, the source of truth. He's not going to change. He's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever and ever. And he speaks into our world from outside. He's not shaped by what's happening in our world. He's not molded by what everybody thinks is right. He speaks in from the outside and he speaks what is true. And he's somebody who knows exactly what you are like. He knows exactly what you're like because he's God and he knows everything. But even better than that, if there could be better than that, is that he knows exactly what you're like because he is one of us as well. He's a man like us. He knows our humanity. He he knows what we're like. But he also knows God because he is God. And so he can speak to us on behalf of God and can represent God to us. Friends, here is somebody worth listening to. Do you see? Here is somebody worth listening to and being influenced by And what does he say to us? What does the faithful witness say to us? Well, he tells us that your biggest problem is sin. That it's sin, it's rebellion against him that breaks your relationships with other people, that spoils them. That breaks your relationship with yourself, meaning that you end up hating who you are. And ultimately, it breaks your relationship with God. Which is the biggest problem. So he tells us our biggest problem is sin. He tells us that we deserve his anger and wrath and punishment. He tells us that we are far worse than we have ever realised. And far more helpless than we ever realised. Inside and out, our, our thoughts, our words, our actions. We haven't a clue how disgustingly vile we are. And he tells us that you can't help yourself. It's like you owe a debt to God because of your sin, and you could not pay off that debt if you had all the money in the world for all eternity. But he tells us that he offers to pay the debt. He says, Come to me, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest from that bruised conscience. I'll give you rest from running from God and rebelling against God. I'll give you rest forever with me, knowing God and enjoying God the way you are meant to. That's what you're really looking for. And he says, I'll give it to you. Life in all its fullness. He tells us that although you're far worse than you ever realised... When you come to him, you'll be more loved than you can ever comprehend. He tells us that when we come to him, he will shape our stories. He will influence our stories, our lives for good. Even even the awful parts, he'll redeem them so that they end up not, not harming us, but actually being for our good. This is what... He tells us this is what the faithful witness tells us. This is why he's worth listening to. And so my last question is, will you listen to him today? Will you listen to him? He calls out to you, he calls you to repent of your sin, to turn away from sin, to be to be brokenhearted because you haven't listened to him and you've made a mess of everything and put yourself in great danger. And to tune your ears to him from, from here on. To turn away from doing your own thing and turn towards doing his thing, listening to him. He calls us to repent, that's what that means. And he calls us to believe. He says, look, I have done everything necessary. That enormous debt between you and God because of your sin, I've paid it. I've done it. And I have real blessing for you. And I have a hope that lasts And my way. Is the good way. Will you listen to him? Will you listen to him. And let him influence your life. Let him shape your life. And your decisions. Will you listen to him? Let's close in prayer. Let's pray. Great God in heaven. We're in this world. And. We're surrounded by voices, and yet we see weaknesses and dangers in them all. They're limited. They're untruthful. They cannot be relied on. They lead us astray. We thank you for sending Jesus into the world to be a faithful witness, to tell us what's true, to, to shape us and influence us for our good, to re- to reveal to us what you require of us and how we failed, but what you've done for us despite that, and to show us your great love. <clears throat> Father, give us ears to listen to him. We've heard him speak tonight through the Bible. We pray that we, not just with our ears, but in our hearts that we'd listen, and so we'd turn from our sin and rebellion and turn to believe and serve him. For we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.